Welcome to the porch. You're on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics. Studying the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church, seeing how they served the Lord to follow their example. We take a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God so that we can replicate it because our desire is to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. By digging deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended, not the man-made one. The church age is not over, and what happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you know that, if you believe that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, and you want more, then you're welcome to join us on this journey as we get back to basics to rediscover the church. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. Send us praise reports, prayer requests. Let us know that you're listening. Um, We appreciate that. If you'd like to support what we do, go to firefalltalkradio.com for ways to do so. That's on the main page. If you need more information, just reach out. For every one of you that do support us and encourage us, we appreciate you greatly. And welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're also found on uh, Spreaker, Podbean, Blog Talk. We're out there, and we're getting the word out, not because we want to promote ourselves, but we want to spread the word, set the captives free, and build the kingdom of God. If you need prayer, let us know. Anything, just reach out. Remember, we care about you. Subscribe to us on the various social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter. There are links on the main page for Firefall Talk Radio if you don't know where those places are. If you're a part of our aerial support, we would ask that you step it up. And focus on the fact that 2024 has a very big mission for SRT coming, which means we're going to need some prayer support, financial support. There's going to be a news. It'll go out in the newsletter, which I'm late on. Please forgive me. But a lot of things happening in 2024. Websites are being redone. Um, Just a lot of things that we're doing to get ready for this next push. And keep us in prayer. Um, Some of our teammates are going through some health problems and financial problems, and we all are. So let's pray for one another in that regard. But let's start out by praising the Lord, praising God. Praise Him. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him for His goodness. Praise Him for His, His love and His mercy and His majesty. Praise Him for your salvation. I do. I praise Him for my salvation. For his love, his grace, his mercy that brought me to that point where I could make him Lord of my life. I praise him for my home, the wife he gave back to me, and the family, my two sons. And now we have two daughter-in-laws, and we have a a, a grandson, and furry kids, and everything we have is from him. Praise him for this ministry that he allows me to work for him, for you. And I praise him for you. 
each and every one of you. If I know you, know you by name, you get prayed for every day. If I don't, I just pray for you as a part of the porch community. I praise him for the dreams and the visions, of which there's been a lot and not a whole lot of sleep. A lot going on in the world right now, earthquakes, uh, wars, rumors of wars. All these things are happening, trying to get our attention. I praise him for his healing virtues that are still available to us. His promises are yea and amen. I praise him for being able to praise him. We can still do that in this country without fear of reprisal or death. Praise him for being a renewed, my renewed man, spirit man. Someday we'll get the new body, but right now we have a new spirit. We are born again, born from above. And those signs which I've been mentioning and I post on social media as best I can, trying to do better about that, but you should be watching for the signs. Don't get caught up in the news. Don't get caught up in politics unless it's to see where things are going prophetically, where we are in eschatology. But keep an eye on things so you know how to pray, you know how to prepare. All creation is growing, groaning for the return of the king, and frankly, so am I. I'm tired of seeing the death, tired of seeing the depravity and the destruction. So it means I praise him for coming back, for the new Jerusalem and the coming kingdom and the freedom that brings with it. Amen? Let's pray. Start out by praying for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verses 6 through 8. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace be within you. So we pray for Jerusalem. We pray for Israel. We pray against their enemies and all the schemes of the fallen and the globalist and the world system. We pray, Lord, you'd protect your people, protect the land that you've given them. We ask for a quick end to this war, that you would destroy your enemies, Lord. And let's bring peace and love, and let's bring those people home, the hostages home. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the martyrs, the victims of injustice. Every day you should, you should care. It could be you. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing in me, in my wife, in my family, and every one of you getting back to our divine design. And this has really been a struggle. The world is against us. The food is against us. Big Pharma is against us. But if he be for us, who can be against us? So let's start eating right. Let's start taking care of ourselves. Let's start living according to his guidelines, and get healthy so that we we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. We can rise up to do what we're called to do. If you're sick, be healed in the name of Yeshua. If there's a natural answer, let him show it to you. If it's a spiritual answer, I bind it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, and I command it to loose you and let it go. Pray for protection. Oh, my goodness. Psalm 91, protection. Violence and crime and murder and mayhem and all the things the enemy's good for, bloodshed. We need to pray for one another. We need to stand together. Praying for inspiration, for the spirit to rise up within us, for the remnant to rise up, to wake up, answer the call to action, get in the word, get prepared for what's coming from the inside out. 
Build up your spirit, man or woman. Build it up. Get it strong. And that those who are called to bless would be a blessing. If you've been blessed, be one. If you know somebody who's been blessed, tell them about us. Unfortunately, we can't do anything without the funds and the provision. Manna doesn't fall from heaven anymore. We take care of one another. Let's pray. Pray for unity and healing and restoration. If one can put a thousand to flight, let's combine our prayers and shake the armies of darkness so that we can go set the captives free. The enemy knows it's time. It's ramped up its attacks. It's it's doing everything it needs to do to stop us. And most people are, ho-hum, the Lord will do it for me. No, you do it. You take a stand. You push back. Pray for edification, encouragement, inspiration, and for all of us to do what we're called to do in accordance with his will and his calling. For me, for Firefall, for SRT, to operate efficiently in that calling, exposing the enemy, seeking the lost, helping the dying, and those in bondage, and destroying the works of the enemy. Lord, protect us. Father, we love you. We ask that you join us. Yes, Father, come. Shine your glory down upon us. Fill fill our homes or wherever we're listening with the incense of the throne room. Let us feel you. Let, let us feel your love. Thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for the cross. Lord, thank you for doing it. You didn't have to, but you did. And because of your blood, because of the pain, because of the everything they did to you, we are reconciled to the Father. We are redeemed. We are restored. Thank you, Lord, for sending back the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do. Add your power and your presence to these words and to this Bible study and let it go forth and accomplish what you desire. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're still talking about the Lord. He is. Like we're going to stay on this till, till we're done, or until He's done. We're looking at that intimate relationship with the Lord as being the foundation and the key to our spiritual existence, to our walk with Him. It's the key to authority and standing in a fallen world. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. And it's the key to understanding who He is to exalt Him in our lives. It is the only thing that matters who He is and what He's done. By, you know what, I loaded a scripture before we came on. Now I know where it goes. This is the only thing that matters. Listen to me, please. I know you're listening. Pay attention. You know, there's a difference between 
listening and hearing what is being said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul says this. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Messiah, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as the Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing, that is, to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions, while among you except Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, and Him crucified and the meaning of His redemptive substitutionary death and resurrection. That is all that matters. While praying today and and thinking about this and probably where the scripture came from, and those of you that get the list of scriptures, no, it's not on there because it gave it to me just before we went on the air. And thinking about spiritual warfare and all the things I'm seeing and all the videos that are being made and all the the the, the nonsense This is what the Lord said to me. He said, the only spiritual warfare that matters is that which pertains to the commission I've given you in furthering my kingdom. That's it. All the binding, all the loosing, all the authority, all the, all, no. The only thing that matters in that is getting people saved, healed, and delivered. Plundering the kingdom of darkness. You've got to bind the strong man first to do that. The Lord will send people like us to clear the way, clear an area, take an area back so the gospel can come flooding in. But that's all that matters. If you're distracted by anything than that, but that, then the enemy's using you. And yes, he will. He will use you to do those things if it keeps you from getting people saved, healed, and delivered, and from people finding out who Yeshua is. He did it with the Pharisees. He did it with the Sadducees. They didn't want to accept him, but by his actions, he showed who he was. By his words, he declared it as a confirmation of who he was. Go with me to John chapter 8, verse 21. Then Yeshua said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. He's speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. What's he saying? You can't come with me to paradise. You're not coming. So the Jews said, will he kill himself because he says, where I go, you cannot come? And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he, and you will die in your sins. And they said to him, Who are you? And Yeshua answered them and said, Just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he, meaning the Father, who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I've heard from him. 
If you do not believe that I am he, that I am the Messiah, you will die in your sins. You will be separated eternally from your heavenly Father, stating very clearly, I am a matter of eternal life and death. Last week we talked about Jews refrain from using I am because of its implications. The fact that he used it, he was trying to tell them, and they still didn't hear. Continuing on, John chapter 8, verse 52, Then the Jews said to him, Now that we we know that you have a demon, because he says, Before Abraham was, I am. Now that we know you, we, you have a demon, Abraham is dead, and, and the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, let me back up. I'm getting very jacked up here. Let me pull the throttle back. Get out of fourth gear. I'm downshifting. Getting back into second or third. We're going to cruise, but we're not going to go full out. Even though it's the way I feel right now, which is pretty amazing. The lack of sleep and physically tired. My spirit man is jacked and jumping. Ah, he's jumping jacked. Um, (laughs) now we know you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Yeshua answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be like a liar like you, but I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews said to him, You're now fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? Here it comes. Here comes that bomb. Yeshua said, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I mean, come on now, guys. What? Either he's crazy, which they probably thought he was. They thought he was demon-possessed. But the signs, the raising the dead, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, all the signs pointed to who he was, but they couldn't see it. And they understood when he said before Abraham was, I am, he's saying, I'm divine. And so what they did is they picked up stones to throw at him. See, this enters the area of Yeshua being transcendent, being heavenly, being divine. That scripture we read every week in Shabbat, John chapter 1, starting verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That He refers back to the Word. All things were made through Him. And without Him, being Yeshua, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, did not overcome it. In the beginning, the Word, Yeshua, already existed. 
He was with God, and he was God. He existed in the beginning with God, the very beginning, before creation, before he said, let there be light. Well, what do you mean he said those things? He says, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. He spoke it into existence. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. This is, keeps going back to Genesis 1. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You may think, well, this is basic stuff. No, really, it's, it's beyond that. It's so deep, and it's so multifaceted, and it's so complex, like quantum physics that it's ignored the simplicity and the magnificence of who he is. Before all time, he was. He was the Word, and he was with God. I mean, before all things and above all things, and he holds everything together. He was preexistent. He was preeminent. He was illumination, and he was the animation of everything. He keeps everything flowing in order. He keeps the atoms in their path so that they don't slam into each other and causing some kind of a reaction, an explosive reaction. He holds it all together. How can you not marvel at the fact that you know him? And he knows you by name. In John seventeen twenty four, he makes it really clear. Father, I desire that they also, that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, paradise. That they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Right there, he's speaking, hearkening back to Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Ephrathah, boy, I mangled that one. Back and forth gear, downshifting. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, capital O, to be ruler in Israel, whose going forths are from old, from everlasting. He cannot be talking about David. He cannot be talking about a normal man. He's got to be talking about a supernatural man. He's talking about Yeshua. And then in Proverbs 8, Solomon's talking about wisdom, but he's speaking about wisdom as if it's a person. Well, he is talking about a person. Listen to what he says. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I've been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. Yet, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. 
when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the foundations of the deep. You do know there's an ocean underneath all the mantles, and there's an ocean in the middle of the earth bigger than any ocean in the world. When he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, there I was beside him as a master craftsman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was the sons of men. That's not an angel, and that's not wisdom in the sense of in your mind or your heart or your soul. It is referring to Yeshua. There are things in the Bible that have double meaning. But we can, you want a simple meaning? Let's go to Colossians 1, starting verse 15. He, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, quantum realm, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. He may be supreme. For it pleased the Father that in him and Yeshua all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to him, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. If this does not excite you, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. The problem is this. You don't really understand who it is you worship. You don't really understand who it is you made Lord of your life. You've accepted some two-dimensional image of him. Maybe a plaster statue or some icon. Now, you don't understand who he is. All things, everything was created and exists through him. By his intervention, it exists in and for him. He existed before all things, and in him all things consist. They they cohere. They're held together. I saw a video today that my son Jesse sent me of, of a scientist explaining how skin cells replicate, like when you need, you know, your skin needs to heal. And he showed this image, this video of this human cell that suddenly something that almost looks like a ghost, it's got an ethereal look to it, it comes into this skin cell. It gets into the middle of it, and it starts to expand, and starts to expand, and the next thing you know, you have two skin cells, and so on, and so on. That's the Spirit of God. That's Yeshua. Colossians chapter 1, which I just read to you, is really poetic prose about Messiah. 
Many Bible scholars believe it to be a hymn in the early church because this poem revolves around the very first word of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, in the beginning, which in the Hebrew is Bereshit, which contains within it the words for first and head. So the poem is divided into two sections. In the first, Colossians 1, 15 through 17, Messiah is presented as the source of creation. In the second section, verses 18 through 20, he's presented as the source of new creation or redemption. Remember what I just said about that cell. Cells damaged, needs new cells, splits and makes it. He, oh, my goodness. Even if you read it quickly, you see that the two sections are parallels of each other, going in the same direction, the same track, two stanzas of a divine eternal hymn. And in the first stanza, Messiah, Yeshua, is the visible presence, the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? He looks like Yeshua. Yeshua looks like God, and we look like them. He sustains creation. When I began to understand that, when the Lord began to show me that, and that started in 2007, I didn't start teaching it till 2010, which is a lesson. Some of you get a revelation and you want to run with it, and you know like one word, and you're adding 20 words to your one word. Before you know it, you're off track, and the enemy's using you. Until you understand what he's saying and what the message is, sit down and be quiet. Because teachers will be judged more harshly than anybody else. Once he showed it to me and once I understood it, and once I was able to tie it to Scripture, this whole world opened up to me, literally. And he's the one for whom reconciliation for mankind, humankind, comes. He's also the source of the church, the firstborn of the church. He brought the church into being, us living, not buildings, He's not a part of creation. He made it. He's not a part of the church, but he brought him into being. Very clearly, Paul is picking up on what John and Peter and all the others are teaching, that Yeshua, the Messiah, is God. He is I Am. He participates in the creative and redemptive attributes of God. When it says he's the firstborn, that does not only mean he was the one born first, but it means he's the one who is appointed to be the leader or the greatest of those being born. We see that example when Jacob gives Joseph the firstborn rights over Reuben. Ishmael was passed over for Isaac by Abraham. So we have biblical examples of that. Revelation chapter 1, starting verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua, HaMashiach, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, natural and supernatural. 
to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I know many don't understand what's this thing with the blood and why does it have to happen and I'm just going to be judged by whether I was a good person and the scales in my favor. No, 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 no. Did I say no? Yeah, good, I'm glad. God gave us the way to give it a sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He said it, not me. Therefore, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You can't be set free unless blood has been shed. But we know that after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, the Jews have not had temple sacrifices. So no blood's been shed. So the rabbinical thinkers said, hmm, how do we come up with a way to control the masses? Oh, I know how. We can't do the blood thing anymore, and we don't want to say it's Yeshua, the blood of the unblemished lamb that died. Nope, we've got to come up with another way, a man-made way. What is that? Oh, I know. There's two scales, and your good things are on one side, two sides of a scale, and your bad things are on the other, and whichever side has more and does more, and come on, guys. He didn't change it. God did not say that. If he said it, he meant it. And since there is no remission of sins, without the blood, there is no longer needed animal sacrifices because the perfect, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us once for all. Yeshua, the Messiah, faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, the first to be brought back to life, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, Whoever loves us and has once and for all loosed us and freed us from our sins by his own blood. I remember when I first got saved, any songs about the blood, not only did I, redemption, and I just got hit with it again. I cannot think about that without being touched into my inner man, the core of my, my spirit, my heart. By his blood, his blood, the only one that could do it on a cross because of me. Continuing on in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus the Messiah was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, meaning he'd been put into prison for preaching Jesus as Messiah. Verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, meaning he was praying so fervently that he was in between worlds and he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a, as of a trumpet, a loud, vibrational, harmonic sound saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see right in a book 
and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with the garment down to his feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brash, as if refined in the furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. I have the keys of the unseen realm. Prophecy in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6, prophetically declared, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. You hear that, Hasatan? You hear that, Fallen? You hear that, all the Greeks and the Romans and the Norse and all the things worshipped as God? He is God and there is no other. You guys are just a bunch of posers and players and a bunch of losers. That description of the Son of Man's head and hair being white like wool is the depiction of wisdom and purity. And his eyes like a fiery flame, piercing holiness. Do we see that in Scripture? Yes, it's the vision of the Ancient of Days in Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, and its wheel a burning fi- wheels a burning fire. It's also a description of Yeshua on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah show up and say, Hey, you want to have a meeting? They On the Mount, <laughs> Mount Hermon. They didn't really say that. That's the New York Bible. Matthew 17, verse 2. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. He's pure. He's holy. He's wisdom. He's everything. He's the one living outside of time, ever living in the eternal realm, 
who holds the churches in his hands, seven stars, seven churches, and he has the power and the authority of the word coming out of his mouth. Remember John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we already mentioned it. The beginning was what? The word. The word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That term translated word in John 1 is logos, L-O-G-O-S, which means the expression of a thought. Yeah, he's an expression of God's thought, that's for sure. Then Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is what? Living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word will expose us. What are your intentions? What is it you're doing? The word exposes you. Been there, done that, been exposed. I've had his word cut me. And if you've ever handled swords, which many of you haven't, but I have, a lot of them. If you've ever been cut by a blade, I have. Not a lot, but enough. Two-edged swords are so sharp, but the thing about them is they cut you in every direction. Certain swords, like a katana, Japanese katana, has an edge on one side. But a two-edged sword has those sharp edges on both sides. It can cut you no matter how it's swung. Cut you on the way in, cut you on the way out. It's surgical precision. Now, the other Greek word for the word is rhema, R-H-E-M-A. That's Holy Spirit-empowered spoken word, either of the Bible or divine direction as you read the Scriptures. The Lord speaking to you from his word. Remember this, and I share this a lot. The word confirms the word. If you believe that you're hearing from God, hearing from the Lord, hearing from the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't line up with his word, you must reject it. I don't care how amazing your revelation is. I don't care how amazing your intention is. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's opening you up to the enemy, and the enemy will take full advantage of your error. That's why Yeshua was very careful and very precise. Remember I said precision cutting, Matthew 4, verses 3 and 4. Now when the tempter, the adversary we know as Satan, came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The living word speaking the written word, rhema and logos. He could have looked at Satan and said, Hey, I was there. I spoke you into existence. I watched you fall. Doesn't do any of that. He could have said, peace be still, muzzle yourself. He didn't do that. He spoke the word. Most of you don't know enough word to get arrested. And some of you, and people I've met over these three plus decades of ministry, are trying to fight an enemy with a sword with one side, and the other side is dull. They don't know the word. 
They don't know scripture. That is danger. It makes you a danger to yourself and to others. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. And the lawless one, son of perdition, the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. What's he going to do? He's going to land on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in two east and west, and he's begun to speak the word. Many rabbis believe in that prophetic part of Scripture, and Shelley used to teach the word he's going to speak. The language is going to be the original Hebrew, what was spoken at the beginning of time to create all things, and he's begun to speak it as the King of kings and Lord of lords, as the one who holds everything together and put it there in the first place. And when he speaks... I believe, and he's shown me in a dream, the air is going to begin to vibrate and then begin to coagulate and begin to become a force that's just going to go out over the Battle of Armageddon, over the people, over that entire area like a nuclear blast. And every evil thing that is not of him will be consumed in that blast. And everything that is will be healed. The same word that heals, the same word that destroys, and he will speak it. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will, because the church will be gone, the church will be raptured, the time of Jacob's trouble is not for the church. The church will be spectators of this event. Because all the saints are coming with him, and he's on that white horse, and the angels on their horses, and they're coming to do battle. And the enemy, they're fighting amongst themselves. They're fighting on the earth. They're fighting for the rule of of everything, and, and man is fighting, and the demons are fighting, and the fallen angels are fighting, and it's, it's this one massive supernatural free-for-all. That prophetically, the blood's going to be up to the bridles of the horses. The blood's going to be four to five feet deep. And the sky's going to split. There's going to be this sound of the shofar, the announcement of the arrival of the king. And it's going to split, and he's going to be coming through. And all of these not-so-bright supernatural entities are going to turn their weapons on him. And they're going to lose. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Who is, who was, and who is to come. The Almighty. They worship him in the throne room. Worthy of praise. Who is, who was, who is, and is to come. Larry and I were talking about this today, and I played it years ago where I took just that phrase, worthy is the Lamb, worthy of honor and glory and praise, who was and is and is to come, just what they're saying in the throne room. And you got the 24 elders, and you got the four living creatures, and you got the angels, and you've got all the, the saints on the outside, and you got all this praise music filling the universe coming from that throne room, and they're saying it, they're saying it over and over. And they're not saying it in harmony and in unison. 
the music's always in harmony and unison, but they're saying it as spontaneous. It's coming from them. So everything's a little bit off. And I did that with, I think, 40-something tracks of that scripture. And I put them one on top of the other, and I began to stagger them just a little bit. So it starts out small and becomes this crescendo of sound, vibration that sounds like a rushing mighty wind. That's where he sits in the midst of all that. He inhabits the praises of his people. You're going through a tough time? Praise him. Turn on real praise and worship music that uses scriptures, not ones where they say the same things over and over and over. Find scriptures. Find, find praise and worship that's real worship. You'll be speaking the word, speaking it over yourself. Begin to praise him. You'll begin to magnify, edify. You'll begin to expand from the inside out. You'll begin to grow. Praise him. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The world's really dark right now. It's really ugly right now. Things are ugly. Praise him. Stop whining. Stop crying. Get the crying out of your system. If you have to cry, all I believe me, I'm a crier. Anybody who's been around long enough knows that. But what I mean is, stop whining. Start praising. Stop whining. Start winning. Because of Yeshua. Because of who you, from the inside out, praise him. Father, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for my eyes. Thank you for my heart. Thank you for my fingers. Thank you for my my uh, my feet. Thank you for my legs. Even if they don't work exactly right, they work. Thank you for the lungs that breathe and the life that I have. My loved ones, my wife, my furry kids, my sons, my daughter. Praise him for what you have. Don't focus on what you don't. Literally, right now, wherever you are listening to this, just begin to praise him. Tell him how much you love him. Thank him for the cross. Thank him for the empty tomb. Thank him for the upper room. Thank him for the Holy Spirit that's inside of you that has made you a new creation. Thank him for the angels that, that he sends when you need them to guard you. But thank him for the word that he's given you to stand in authority over everything. Thank him for his love. Lord, shine your love right now upon your children. Join us. Holy Spirit, angels, join us. I know it freaks some people out, but go ahead. Crack the veil. Let them hear you. Let them see you. Praise him. For he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is our Lord and Savior. He is Messiah. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's teacher. He's mighty God. That's what I mean by praising him. You can do it. You don't need. It works better sometimes with people, but if you can't do it by yourself, you're cheating yourself. Because the one you love and the one that loves you was there at the beginning, and he'll be there at the end. 
And he caused the beginning by the sound of his voice, and that will be the end of all things. And then he'll put it back to the way it was supposed to be before Adam screwed it up. You see, he's the firstborn of the dead, and he's the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, scripture tells, scriptures tell us the first Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Messiah, is a life-giving spirit. That which is born of flesh is what? Flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So anyone, I don't care how smart they are, I don't care how many degrees they have, how many diplomas, how many plaques, famous, I don't care. Anyone who questions God's sovereignty and the Lord's preeminence has not done their homework. Because John, the Apostle John, who was an eyewitness to it all, he was there every step of the way, even into the trial and at the cross. John, the writer of the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation, reaffirms who he is and the, the exaltation that he is due. Psalm eighteen forty six, The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. <clears throat> if you don't know how to praise him, if you don't know how to do what I said, if you don't have that in you, don't choke like I'm doing right now. Just get out the Psalms. That was Psalm 18, verse 46. How about Psalm 97, 9? For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted, exalted far above all gods. He is the king. He is the Lord. He's the one who delivered me. Acts 2.33, now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. That's Peter, coward Peter who ran, who denied, who was broken and restored, stood up in that square, wherever it was in Jerusalem that day, with tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people there for the Passover, and said, He, Yeshua, the whom you crucified, is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven and at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, to pour out upon us just as you've seen and heard today. He's at God's right hand. He's sitting at the right hand of God, and we too are sitting with him in the heavenly places. Praise him. He is. A.W. Tozer said, God wants worshipers before workers. Indeed, the only acceptable workers are those who have learned the lost art of worship. The very stones would praise him if the need arose. And a thousand legions of angels would leap to do his will. He 
is. He is exalted. He is before all things. He is the beginning and the end. Who is, who was, who is to come. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the door of the sheep. He is the resurrection, the way, the truth, and the life. He is I am. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thank you. Thank you for even considering us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for looking upon us from the throne room. And wondering for some of us why you're not up here. He's wondering. You can come sit with me. You can come to the throne room. You can pray and worship. And, and folks, I don't mean that some of the stuff people's teaching about, hey, let's take a trip into the heavens. Today it's Tuesday, so we're going to the third heavenly, so I hope you're dressed. Come on. Spiritually. John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. We sit with him in authority. We sit with him in power. We sit with him in knowledge. We sit with him in preeminence over the dark things of this world. Lord, reveal it. Reveal your word as the word to your children. I pray right now to everyone that's listening that they get a hunger for this word. Not just to hear it, but to know it. To consume it. To know you. Deep, deep within their soul. To know you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take everything that you have and begin to reveal Yeshua to the listeners, even to me. I want to know him more. Even more than I do, I want to know him. Reveal yourself. Show yourself. Some people are going to need visitations, maybe dreams, maybe visions. I don't know, but whatever it takes to get them into the kingdom, into your family, into eternity with you, into right relationship with you, I say, Lord, have your way and do it. Bless my brothers and sisters and bless us. I pray all these things. In Yeshua's name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.